Grace, mercy, and peace be yours from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. After six days, six days after what? Six days after Peter had declared Jesus to be the Christ, the Son of the living God. And so after six days, a week later, again it's Peter, James, and John, and they have literally the mountaintop experience that I think so many of us are longing for in our faith. To have that mountaintop experience of exuberance and joy, to have revealed to us the immensity of God's love, the, the, the magnificence of God's radiance, to see it and to be excited and to be literally left speechless at the sight of it. But Jesus tells them, no, we do not stay upon the mountain. And friends in Christ, we do not stay there upon the mountain of which we catch only a glimpse of the glory of God as He comes down from the mountain and makes a direct line to His true glory, to His greatest revelation, to His greatest magnificence, not glowing with radiance upon the mountain of transfiguration, but glowing in humility as He suffers and dies to set you free from all your sins. There is God's greatest and lasting revelation of the glory of Jesus Christ. No, He does not shine with the brightness of the sun. There upon the cross, He's not attractive at all, but rather it is difficult to see and to take in. A place that we would not want to remain. A, a scene that we would not want to gaze upon as we see Jesus suffering, covered not in the white radiance of bright light, but in the red crimson flow of blood from his hands and his side, from his beatings, the stripes by which we are healed. No, that is not a place where we would like to remain. But friends in Christ, that is precisely where the glory of God is revealed to you, for you, to change your lowly bodies, to be like His glorious body, comes in His death. For after His death comes His resurrection, where your last enemy, death, has been defeated and destroyed. What a magnificent scene this is up upon the mountain of transfiguration. So let's dwell there for a while. Jesus did in fact bring Peter, James, and John there on purpose, deliberately, to reveal to them something significant. So let's dwell upon it. For the season of Epiphany is all about Jesus being revealed, being made known, the light shining in the darkness. And so the season that began with the brightness of a star leading the Gentile kings from the east to the child Jesus, the season wraps up now as we prepare for Ash Wednesday and the season of Lent, again by the radiance of light shining into our dark world. Jesus takes Peter, James, and John to a high mountain. And Mark, in his very matter-of-fact kind of way, simply says, 
and he was transfigured before them. Poof. What does that mean to be transfigured, to be changed before their very eyes? The word is metamorphosis. He was metamorphized before their eyes. This is what those wormy little caterpillars go through as they climb into their chrysalis and appear on the other side far more beautiful and more radiant. They are metamorphized within that chrysalis. They go in as a worm and they come out as a flying thing of beauty and wonder. But that time in between, that time in between, those little worms seem as though they've been dead and buried. There's no movement, there's no action, there's nothing happening there on the outside of that chrysalis. And if you were to cut it open and peek inside, have you ever wondered what you would find in there? I used to think I'd find a little wormy caterpillar sort of thing, sprouting wings and maybe a few little legs and some bug eyes or something, but you know what? It's not in there. If you opened up a chrysalis, you would find a mass of goo, something that looks nothing like the caterpillar and certainly nothing like a butterfly. They're being changed. That which they once were is passing away, and that which will they become has not yet been revealed until the right time in the right place when their grave of the chrysalis is open and they are set free to fly and to soar and to bring you joy as maybe they flit from place to place. Maybe it's a really fitting word and analogy for the life of the Christian to be metamorphized, to be transfigured from that which we are now to that which we will be on the last day when we will be raised. For we live this life as perishable creatures. We live this life knowing that someday we will die and we will be buried, encased and surrounded, dead and buried. And while our souls are with the Lord, our bodies wait the final revelation of what we shall be. For on the last day, we shall see Him face to face. We shall sing with Job that I know that my Redeemer lives, and when He stands upon the earth, I shall see Him with my own eyes. Yes, on that last day, the chrysalis of our tombs shall be cracked open, and that which God has made us to be will be revealed. Not as worms, but as beautiful creatures children of the Heavenly Father, even as you are now, perfected in those eyes with which you will gaze upon your Heavenly Father, you won't need glasses. You won't have your cataracts. The eye that you lost, the one that doesn't work anymore, shall be restored. You will be with your Lord as He intended you to be. Yes, Jesus was transfigured before them. And we get to see a, gl a glimpse of the glory which Jesus had set aside when He humbled Himself to be born of the Virgin Mary, to suffer under Pontius Pilate, to be crucified, dead, and buried. We see the intense, radiant whiteness, the brightness of the glory of God that Moses and Elijah bore witness to. 
And there they are again. There appeared to them Elijah and Moses talking with Jesus, having a conversation that was already going on. Why Moses? Why Elijah? You have in Elijah and Moses the epitome of the law and the prophets. You have Elijah who did not die. And Moses, who certainly did, was buried by God's own hand. Moses had seen God face to face like no one had ever seen, and his face shone with a radiance that did not last. It faded away. So he put a veil over it so that the people of Israel wouldn't see that the, the glory was fading away. Maybe it embarrassed it, that it couldn't last. But yes, Moses delivered the Ten Commandments from Mount Sinai. He is the epitome of the law, the author of those first five books of the Old Testament. He is the beginning of the revelation of the Word. And Elijah, he is the epitome of the prophet. Though he wrote no book, he is the greatest of the preaching prophets, and he had his own mountaintop experience on Mount Carmel when he showed the prophets of Baal that there is the only one true God. But Elijah, he did not die. He was taken in that fiery chariot into heaven and brought into God's presence that way. And so what you have here on the Mount of Transfiguration is Jesus in his greatest glory shining what he, like he will in eternity when we shall see him for the life of the world to come. You have Moses who had passed out of this life through death. And you have Elijah who passed out of this life not dying. And on the last day, that's what we'll have. On the last day, when Jesus returns, we shall see the King arrive with His glory. And some of us will have died and be buried. Like Moses, we will have tasted death, passed through it, and seen with our own eyes that Jesus has conquered it. And some will be like Elijah, who had not tasted death, and yet will be welcomed into heavenly places on account of faith in God's promises. So friends in Christ, just right there, when we have Elijah and Moses with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration, we see that in heaven there will be those who pass through death and those who will be brought into heaven on the last day, not tasting death. There's room for all of us. Not one will be excluded. And there's something else about that. About it being Elijah and being Moses. They recognized them. I don't know how. I don't know how Mark, as he is writing this, Peter, as he is relaying it to Mark and he's writing it down, God revealing it to him by the power of the Holy Spirit without a doubt. But there on the Mount of Transfiguration, they recognized Elijah and Moses. Maybe you could still smell the smoke on Elijah's robes. Maybe Moses was just as buff as Charlton Heston ever was. I don't know. But they had never seen a painting. They had never seen a photograph. And yet, it was Elijah and it was Moses. 
Well, friends in Christ, on the last day, as we spend our life in eternity with Jesus, you'll be recognized. You will be you. Because that is who God has made you to be. One of a kind. The one and only. And when we reach heaven and we have that blessed reunion with those who have departed in the faith before us, those who will come after us, we will see our Lord face to face and we will be surrounded by the familiar faces of our brothers and sisters in Christ. We'll know each other. We will be recognizable. Because your body is yours. Your face is yours. So just like Elijah and Moses were recognized, you will be you on that last day. So with Moses and Elijah and Jesus there talking with Jesus, Elijah and Moses are talking with Jesus, and Peter butts in. Oh, Peter. Mark says, he answered this because he did not how he he said this because he did not know how to answer. Well, Mark, nobody or Peter, nobody asked you a question. But Peter speaks up and says, "It's good we're here. Let's make three tents: one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah." But Peter, you don't know what you're talking about. You're terrified. Maybe we've been that way. Maybe we've been so scared or so nervous that we just don't know what the words to say, so we board out whatever it is that's on our mind at the time. Maybe it's the, the first time you met your, uh, your, your spouse. So taken by them, you, didn't, you just couldn't find the words. Maybe, maybe you're not any more articulate then than you are now, I don't know. But Peter didn't know what to say, so he said anything. And the cloud, the voice of his heavenly Father, corrected him. For friends in Christ, Peter did not need to make three tents so that Moses and Elijah could remain there. Moses and Elijah, the law and the prophets, were being fulfilled and were passing away. There was only one need for a tent. And the word for tent is tabernacle. And the tabernacle became the temple. And the temple is summed up in the body of Jesus Christ. So there was no need for a tent or a tabernacle or a temple because they had Jesus right there in front of them. So the cloud overshadows them and the voice comes out and says, Peter, close your mouth. No, he says, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. Stop talking, Peter. Listen to Jesus. But he will tell you about what is next. He will tell you about what is to come. He will tell you about that He will suffer and He will die and He will rise again to set you free. And the glory that you have caught a glimpse of this day is glory that will be yours in the life eternal and life everlasting. Peter, this is my beloved Son. Listen to Him. Friends in Christ, transfigured before you today in the Gospel of Mark is Jesus, the beloved Son of God. Hear His words. Listen to Him. For He tells you of His love for you how He will come and set you free from your suffering and death. That this perishable body shall put on the imperishable. And this corruptible body shall put on the incorruptible. And we shall be changed in the twinkling of an eye. That is the end of our faith. That is the, the culminating of our faith. The promises of God are seen in this. That even though we die, 
yet shall we live. These are the words of Jesus. Listen to them. And look around. There's no one there but Jesus alone. For there's no one else that you need but your Savior, your Lord, your Jesus. But they don't stay on the mountain. We don't stay on the mountaintops. We come down the mountains, we go about our lives, we go about our work. We go about the valley days of life on this side of eternity. And as they came down the mountain, Jesus told them, don't tell anyone they, they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. Well, the Son of Man has risen from the dead. And so we greet one another on Easter Day with the joyous refrain, Christ is risen! Alleluia! And so we tell all what we have seen and what we have heard, not simply of His glowing radiance and glory, but of that gift of forgiveness and life and salvation that is yours. This is your mountaintop experience, week after week. As you come and you hear the words of Jesus and you listen to Him, and you receive His gifts of forgiveness and salvation, you receive His body and blood, you are washed from your sins. This is a mountaintop. Each and every time you encounter His Word. Yes, those are your mountaintops. And from those mountaintops, we come down and we go about our work. And He will raise us to the greatest glory of mountains, the heavenly mountain on the last day. So here on Transfiguration Sunday, we prepare ourselves to come down from this mountain and make our way with Jesus to another mountain of Calvary, where He will suffer and die, and set you free from your sins. The journey is Christ's. It is for your behalf and for your good and for your glory. So you will shine like the stars in the heavens. Yes, indeed. Christ is glorified. Christ is risen. Hallelujah. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.